Elia Kazan, man. Yeah. The best audition yeah. he's ever seen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. How old did he live to be? I think Ilya was in his 80s. Yeah. Yeah, but sharp as attack. He got caught up in the McCartney area back then. Yeah, right? he did. Yeah. And I That's think. That's I heard that name. I saw so many pictures about him in the McCartney area. That he got yeah. caught up And I think he got blackballed from Hollywood. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. I am Evan Britton. And I am Mike Tyson. Mike. Yes. How are you, brother? I'm pretty awesome today. We got a really cool, cool guest. Dude. Uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey, welcome, man. Thank you very much. Really nice to be here. I haven't seen Mike in, you know, quite a long time. That's awesome. And so, Would uh, you forgive us hanging out in Monaco together? I remember we were yeah. hanging out at Monaco together, <laughs> drinking a Magnum of champagne yeah. with, with no shirts on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. I remember that, yeah. Well, and we've also got our brother, Chuck Zito, in the house. What's happening, Chuck? Yo, yo. Mike, Evan. Great to Mickey. have you back, Bye-bye. Man. Yeah, we're here. Chuck, we're here. Did, you get, did you convince Mickey to come in? Yeah, I, asked him. I didn't convince him. I asked him. He said he'd love to, man. He oh, that's wanted, awesome. Man. Haven't seen Mike in a while, and that's great. No, it's a great podcast. And I haven't seen Mike since we were in Monaco. And uh, very funny story. I think very few people know about over here. But Mike and I had to present uh, an award to someone, right? A music award. I don't want to say the guy's name because I don't like the dude. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, we had to present an award to somebody, and they had the lines on a monitor. And Mike and I had to read the lines off the monitor. Now, earlier in the day, they gave us both a set of lines. And we just, Mike took off on his motorcycle somewhere and disappeared all day. And so we, we went over the lines for like, I think, 10 seconds. Yeah. Then we get to the show and we're doing the lines. And all of a sudden, I can't read the lines. Mike can't <laughs> say the lines. And... Mike says, it's your line. And I go, no, Mike, that's your line. And it, it was just uh, it was a really great disaster. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, so crazy. Yeah. That's uh, awesome, man. What, yeah. what year was that? I don't recall. Oh, man. I don't recall either. No. Wow, man. Yeah. Well, you guys uh, have known each other a long time. A long time. Yeah. When did With you Paulie guys? Herman. I went to, I went to Paulie Herman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Paulie. Yeah, back in the day. Cool, man. We so, go back over 25 years. That's awesome. I remember I did a, I was foolish enough to say I'll do an exhibition against this guy who was a former light heavyweight champion. And uh, uh, I never sparred with headgear on. Why'd you, know? you do that, Mickey? I, ne- I never, <laughs> well, I never sparred with headgear because Jerry Corey never sparred with headgear, who was like somebody I always looked up to, you know, because he was the only white fighter that could fight, you know, and it was like, I never wore headgear, and so the night that we did the afternoon that we did the exhibition against the world champion Thomas Tate, Thomas Tate, right? Yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank, Tate, Frank, Frank, Tate, Frank, Frank Tate, Frank Tate, Frank. Bill Slayton's putting God rest his soul. Bill Slayton's putting headgear. I go, Bill, I can't wear a headgear, and he's going, You got to wear it for this. And I just got the piss boxed out of me, and I could hear in the audience for you know three or four rounds. Come on, Mickey! It's Mike, yeah. Mike out there rooting me that. on, you know. And it was like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it, 
wasn't a good day for me. Yeah, but it was, the, the guy wasn't taking either of Mickey. No, taking either of Mickey. No, right. no. What happened was he caught me with a good punch, so I faked like I was hurt, and then he he stepped back, and then I came over with a right. Ooh, and he gave me a, 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 a he gave me a schooling after that. Wow. And Frank at the time was a very great fighter, you know. Yeah, no doubt, man. In history, a very underrated, you know, name that you don't hear a lot. But, yeah, uh, he could he could go absolutely. Well, I mean, as prolific as you are as an actor, boxing is really your your heart, man. Right? You know, what people, when people ask me that question, it was what I started out doing at eleven at uh, the Fifth Street Gym in Miami, and I had a lot of great role models there. You know. Uh, with Ali and Jimmy Ellis and absolutely Andrew Dundee was and, down there, right? Andrew, yeah, Dundee didn't train me. That wasn't that good. He, I was an amateur there. Um, you know, uh, Luis Rodriguez, Willie Pastrano before that, and uh, uh, it all started for me when Willie used to come to the boys' club and give us uh, lessons when we were all amateur fighters, and and I really liked it. You know, I liked yeah. it a lot, and. Uh, I really wanted to play baseball, but that didn't work out because the, the whole team thing. But, so <laughs> yeah, the boxing, but the boxing, I can honestly say, because you know I come from a very dark place, and uh, all the dudes I grew up with are, are around me, and they ended up in a darker place. And the boxing really gave me a discipline and a, a something to let the steam out, and the, and something to take away the shame yeah and it, it you know kind of saved my life in a in a very big way yeah you know i totally get that man there's so much to you know getting knocked down and being able to get back up and pick yourself up all the time some of the inner demons though in those individual sports you're yeah. battling yourself yeah you know with those demons that you and yourself you know they never die they fuck with you follow you all the time yeah no yeah. doubt man yeah I think basically for for me I don't I don't talk a lot about it a lot is um my mother married a very brutal man that was not my father and he did for a decade he did some he did a lot of damage and so you you live with shame yeah. and there's nothing more there's nothing worse than living with shame so what you do is you make a decision you're going to break or you're going to get strong. Yeah. And then you're going to, after you get strong, you're going to get hard. Yeah. And then when I started with the acting, you know, I had gotten so hard that I didn't realize that it kind of offended other people. Mm. Um, and my therapist explained to me that, that your pride, pride and your self-respect and your honor can turn on you and become a weakness. And so you got to be careful of that because people then people get you know afraid of you. Right. Which is which which is what was the whole point to begin with, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. you got to reinvent yourself and go, "Okay, I don't need to do this. I don't need to make eye contact with every motherfucker that walks by. I don't need to you know, I got I can, I can just learn to live peacefully." Yeah. Because, you know, he said to me one day, he said, you ain't going to war, brother, and you got a lot of armor on you. And, uh, you know, wow, yeah. but, you know, it's like when I act, it's 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 on, you know, it's it's I heard some actor one time say it's not competitive. Well, with me, it is. Yeah. 
because I'm going to grind you up and turn you into dust. <laughs> I love it. You like have to be competitive because the pr- the prize to be won at the end of the day. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, you know, it, it's like it's like the good thing for me when I when I went back to boxing. What I realized about acting when that little red light goes on, that's like the bell ringing. You ain't you can't say, oh, I got it. Wait, give me a second. I got to go. No, when that bell's on, man, you gotta yeah, you gotta be ready to go out and destroy. You yeah. know, Mike, I bet you can relate to that. That feeling. Yeah, that's a trip, though, right? The <laughs> thing. I'm so happy that like, when you were saying you have to um, redesign yourself, you always, yeah. always sizing the guy up if he's a big guy, you know, yeah. sizing people. Yeah. That's a weird way to live your life. It is, man. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, but when you come from a, the, the, uh, the dark side, that's that's the way it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're constantly in that mode. Yeah. In that fucking and then mode. And then it becomes a. It, it can backfire on you. Right. You know, in life later on. Yeah. Yeah. Boxing became dark for me. Yeah. Became real dark. In what ways, Mike? Um, I became self-absorbed. Yeah. Really self-absorbed. I really didn't care about many people. Yeah. I really do. It's really weird having that ego. That's why I was taking the, the toll. It dis- destroys all that. Yeah. For sure, man. That's what that's all about. Mickey, have you heard of uh, the toad medicine? Yeah, that what uh, y'all were showing me in the other room. Uh, that blue stuff? Mm, no. Is <laughs> <laughs> that dabbing? Oh yeah, that's dabbing. <laughs> yeah. No, the toad is uh, it's the Sonoran Desert Toad, and in its venom, uh, they have this compound called 5-MeO-DMT. Have you ever heard of DMT? No. So DMT is something that we create in our pineal gland. It's, oh, you like this? Man. It's something that uh, they say that the biggest rush of it comes when a baby is forming in the womb, and then the second dose you get of it in your life naturally is on your deathbed. Um, and sometimes they say you get a little sprinkling of it here and there, but you know, uh, ancient tribal societies have used this medicine via like ayahuasca. Um, to have spiritual experiences. Uh, They're finding now in modern science that it cures everything from addiction and depression to cancer um, and a host of other illnesses. And Mike did 5-MeO-DMT the other day with with this medicine man. I'm an extremist. He's a shaman. And, uh, you know, he had a really incredible experience. I mean, you know. Frightening at first. At first it was so frightening. I come from, <clears throat> my experience with it coming from, oh, no, I don't want this no more. I want to stop now. So like, yeah, keep <laughs> yeah, it going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just such a. Wow. What's yeah. it called? 5-MeO-DMT or DMT. doesn't last long enough. It's oh. about DMT if you do like an ayahuasca uh, ceremony. That might be, that's like an 8 to 10 hour ride but this stuff that mike did it's only about 15 to 20 minutes you experience uh an ego death as they call it that's incredible i got one of those tommy hearns hit me with a left hook and i got an ego death eight hours after he hit me they had to take me to get mri because i couldn't dial the phone and i didn't even know my name holy shit man i'm sure and that was an exhibition yeah <laughs> yeah well, how did you guys all meet? I mean, you guys are buddies. How how did how did you guys come together? Listen, it all comes down to Paulie Herman. Really. When you really think about it, it comes down to Paulie Herman. Paulie Herman, some yeah. dude that had a cafe in New York City. Yeah. 
Yeah. His thing was introducing people to inter- to people. Oh my god, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I met yeah. everybody that I know basically through her. Yeah, um, Paulie Herman. Yeah, that's so funny. Because yeah. I remember when I first met Paulie Herman, I had an ice cream cart, <laughs> and I used to push it. <laughs> I used to push the cart from the East Village that's all the right. way up to Central Park. Holy shit! And then there was this kind of hip restaurant like all the actors and famous people would go. Yeah. So I would tie my ice cream cart up and uh, I would go like, I'd stand out there looking at famous people going, wow. And then I'd say to Paulie, could, could I come in? And he'd Are go, you serious? Yeah. And he'd go, well, he'd say, uh, we're a little crowded tonight, maybe later. And I'd stand out there freezing. <laughs> and then in the wintertime, I had a pretzel cart. So... Uh, I tied the pretzel cart up and I'd wait. And Paul, by then, Paulie knew me, and, he, and he'd say, "Oh, go on, go ahead, go in." You know, <laughs> so you know, I'd go in there. So after about seven, eight more years, wow, I made it as a actor, right? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't have to wait line no more, you know, yeah. I, or tie my cart up. So I go in there one night, and I said, "I want that table right there by the window." Paulie says, no problem, puts me in there. I'm sitting in there by myself, just looking for something, I guess. And uh, <laughs> I'm there about 45 minutes, you know, having something. And uh, Paulie comes over to me and he goes, Mickey, Mickey, the uh, the Saudi prince of so-and-so wants your table. Uh, would you mind moving to the... I said, listen, you tell the Saudi prince to go fuck himself. <laughs> there ain't no fucking way he's getting this table after me waiting 10 years to sit here. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, dude. Yeah. And Paulie, Paulie's going, Mickey, why do you got to be like that? I go, you didn't push that cart like I did 42 blocks every night. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Mickey used to that, uh, push the good humor cart. The good humor cart. That was next to the... the uh, the uh, building was next to the Hells Angel Clubhouse in New York City. Oh, yeah. shit. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he used to push it all the way up to Central Park, right in front of the Mayflower Hotel, and said, someday I'm going to be in there. And he wound up getting the uh, penthouse apartment there. No shit, yeah. man. He's balling. Yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah dude. I love well, it. He's balling. My, my, my back yeah. got real strong from pushing that cart. I bet, man. From 3rd Street to what? 3rd Street, yeah. From 3rd Street, Street to where? Uh, oh, 50... Uh, what was it, 59th Street or, uh, yeah, 59th Street, yeah. 50th, 60th Street. Yeah. But his cart was half empty the time he got there because all the Hells Angels would take the ice cream. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they take care of you? They'd make fun of all the, all the I- guys that sold ice cream because they were all kind of like a court short, you know? Uh-huh. We had inspection. We had to like, stand up at attention in our white uniforms. <laughs> I used to throw mine off with my hat and top, shit. Put my tank top on and a pair of jeans and. I wouldn't wear the uh, the uniform. Uniform, so I never made good humor man of the the, the month, month or whatever. Yeah. No, we didn't have your picture on a wall. Yeah, right. That's so awesome. Were you <laughs> were you going to the actors' studio yet at that point? Yeah, you were. Yeah, day and night. Elia Kazan, man, yeah, the best audition yeah. he's ever seen. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's right. How old did he live to be? I think Ilya was in his eighties. Yeah, yeah, but sharp as attack. Wow, he he wasn't he. Um, he got caught up in the McCartney area back then. Yeah, right? he did. Yeah, 
And I that's think, why I heard that name. I saw so many pictures about him in the McCartney area that he got yeah, caught with the spikes. And I think he got blackballed from Hollywood because yeah. he gave up some names. Yeah. You know? Um, but they put a lot of people. There were a lot of actors and directors that suffered during that stupid. They were period. called the communist hunt, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy, man. And we had a friend years ago called Jimmy Hayden that uh, was doing a play with Al Pacino, and he wound up. Uh, he, he played a uh, what was a make a junkie anyway, right? Yeah, and he wound up dying from an overdose. But uh, we were Paul Bearers, me and Mickey, and Al Pacino. And Al Pacino, yeah, yeah he was doing yeah. a play with him. So uh, back then, that was that was like 1980 or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy died. You know, we those years ago, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. We look around because yeah. the first time I saw you was, if you remember, at the uh, Albany up there. John the Baptist yeah. was the uh, the main event. You know, Hell, Hell's Angel was a heavyweight. He was a main event. Kevin Rooney was the yeah. co-main event, and on the, on the card was. Mike Tyson making his debut. Yeah. Wow. So, how old? 18? 18, yeah. Mike. And we saw this guy. We said, holy shit. I mean, of course, it lasted <laughs> yeah. like fucking 10 seconds. Yeah. But uh, we, we saw him. Uh, that's the first time we, I, I saw him. But we came to friends later that, after that because we were just staying there because John, you know, fought and it's uh, Kevin fought. And, yeah. And Mike was making his debut. Wow. That's so 1985. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. March 6th. Wow. March 6th. Look at that. Yeah. You got the date, and that's what happened. So It's unbelievable, man. Yeah. So that's how this whole circle went around. And like you yeah. said, like Mike said, Paul Herman <laughs> introduced a lot of people. Yeah. And you guys were just kind of like ships passing in the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Connected yeah. up. It was funny because uh, the first time I went to Cafe Central, that's what we're talking about, the, uh, the, the bar there. Uh, we were watching myself, uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Blucci were watching the uh, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard Durant fight, yeah. the first one, at the Academy of Music, because it was on the screen. 1980. Huh. And then... Uh, June 20th. Uh, wow. Look at you. You got Mike? the dates down, baba. Mike's got the dates long. Who, who was fighting? Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Montreal, Leonard and Montreal, Roberto Durant. Montreal, Canada. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, at the end of the fight, they said, come on, we're going to go to this bar. I said, I don't drink. I don't hang out at bars. They said, oh, there's a lot of girls up there and, you know, ballerinas and everything. I said, all right, I'll go. <laughs> and I had you know, my Hell's Angel patch on. And uh, we walked in there, and the place was packed. I mean, Bruce Willis was the bartender. Oh, You know, he was God. a nobody then. He should still be the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was there. Guys like Treat Williams and, and Peter Regan and, and, and John Goodman and Liza Minnelli. Oh, Everybody was there. So when I walked in with my Hells Angel jacket on, and uh, Sheila Jaffe was the host also yeah. with Paul. You remember yeah. her? No, only thing I remember truthfully is you were the only guy. You were like a freak. (laughs) You were the only guy who had muscles. You were the only one. Everybody else looked like a certain way. Yeah. And then in would come this guy all ripped up with the tattoos. Yeah. Who's that? Who's that guy? That's awesome. So we're walking around this restaurant, and this guy, Paul Herman, comes up to me the first time I've met him. And he goes, could I talk to you for a minute? I said, yeah. He goes, look, my boss just asked me if you could take your jacket off. Well, he got nerve, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? He was a great guy. I mean, awesome. He, everybody loves him. And I look, I says, hey, pal, I don't take my patch off for nobody. He goes, well, my boss is asked. I said, well, you tell your boss to come see me. Who was that? Peter? You know, and, and Peter Herrera, Peter. a guy named Peter Herrera, Peter Herrera, came up. He goes, what's the problem? 
I said, well, this guy's telling me I got to take my jacket. He goes, well, you scare my customers. You know, I'd like you to take it off. I said, I'll tell you what. I don't take my patch off for nobody. And he goes, when are you going to have to leave? I said, well, I'm going to leave when my friends leave, who I came with, which was John Bellucci and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, my God. And then he goes, can I sit, can I sit down and talk to you for a minute? I said, yeah. So we started talking. I said, look, I'm a hell's angel. But I got to tell you something. I never drank in my life. I don't. Never smoked in my life. I don't do drugs, nothing. And we started talking. At the end of the talk, like a half hour later, he goes, you know what? You're welcome back anytime you want. That's After awesome. that, I was there every fucking night, Oh, man. man. I yeah. believe it, man. You know? I, met, I met you there. Huh? Yeah. I, I met Chuck. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So one night, Paulie come. Well, this is afterwards. And then uh, he says, all right, great. So one night after I'm staying there, me and Paulie were in the back room by the bathrooms there, the restrooms. Yeah. And a guy, I was drinking a Coca-Cola. A guy comes over and takes the Coke, and I look at him. I said, I looked at him. I didn't even know this guy from a hole in the wall. And I said, hey, man. He goes, I'm thirsty. And he had three guys with him. I said, are you fucking kidding me, man? <laughs> you know? So we go outside. I think it was just him. He yeah. brought his friends with him. Three shots, three knockouts in the middle of the street. Uh-huh. And as they all dropped, who comes pulling up in a car? Peter Herrera. He jumps oh, out. God. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm fucking talking about. And Paul, says, Pete, these guys started with him. I saw it. <laughs> and after that, he offered me the job. Oh, I became the bouncer. God. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, I became the God. bouncer. But now I had the, the rule was I had to wear a suit so I wouldn't wear the jacket. <laughs> So we, we, I started, uh, you know, being the uh, bouncer there, and it was that great. Was exciting times. Right? Oh, it was great. It was awesome. Bah, 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 bah. So yeah, cool. about the China Club and yeah, Broadway. I mean, we had some good times. Time. Scores, China oh, Club. Scores awesome. We did that movie, Black and White. Myself and Mike and everybody else. Everybody yeah, in, was fun. in that. Yeah. yeah. yeah when you think ball. about it, so and Keith Hernandez is out there. Yeah. We we go back now. We're going back, and this is uh, now. Paulie comes up to me one night, and and. Uh, and everybody was there. Pesci is there, you know. Just the Raging Bull and yeah. the Nero's hanging out. But Chino, every, everybody was. Everybody went there. You know that, Mike. Uh-huh. And then he comes up. He goes, "Look." He goes, "A friend of mine just got mugged down in Hell's Kitchen." I says, "Okay." And what happened? They he, they robbed him. I said, "All right." And I had my my friend Bert. Remember Bert? Yeah. With the hook. Yeah. I said, "All right." So we grabbed the guy. It was Jimmy Hayden. Right? Yeah. I am meeting for the first time. Yeah. And he goes, uh, I said, uh, what happened? He goes, they robbed me. And he, I said, all right, you know what? We had a van, right? We had a couple of baseball bats in a van. I says, you, we'll go down there. If you see these guys, just pick them out and we'll take care of it. So violent. Right? <laughs> he's, so, he's so violent. So we're going down with we're cruising the neighborhood. And now he's getting nervous, Jimmy. Now he's sweating everything else. And then uh, I said, what's the matter, man? He goes, look, I got to tell you something. Yeah, I really went down there to buy drugs and they robbed me. I said, what? I said, you're a fucking asshole, man. And uh, <laughs> I went back to buy some poly. We're ready to take care of these guys. And this guy went to buy drugs. And that's what happened. Yeah. Wow. That's how I met Jimmy Hayden for the first yeah. time. And yeah. we became friends. He was a great guy. But then, of course, he died. And like I said, me and Mickey and Al Pacino were Paul Burroughs. It was back in the day, man. The good days, the good times, Mike. Incredible stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. How is it? I mean, Chuck, being a Hell's Angel, I mean, it's one of the most feared groups in all of America. I mean, I've read Hunter's, Hunter S. Thompson's book. Uh, he wrote that in like three yeah, they days. Kicked, they kicked it after he got beat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they kicked, kicked it after he got yeah. beat up. So tell because me. Because he was, he was hanging out with the club for about a year, and they let him you know, hang out yeah. and everything else. And what happened was one night, Hell's Angel had having an argument yeah. with his, his wife. And uh, 
he he smacked his wife, mm-hmm. and he and the dog went to hit bite him with something. And he kicked the dog. So Hunter Thompson goes only punks. Uh, smack their wives and kick their dogs, and that's when he, the guy kicked the shit out of Hudson Thompson. Wow! So, and then he went back and he read that, you know, wrote that book in I don't know how long. Yeah. So some of it was true, some of it was bullshit, sure. but that's what happened to Hunter Thompson, man. But I was I was in for twenty five years. You know, I had a good time. I had some bad times too. I did six years, you know, yeah. in prison. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got out. But I quit the club fourteen years ago. You know been a while man i can't believe 14 years it went by so quick mick you're you're a motorcycle rider as well right do this i do ride but uh i ride less and less because uh everybody's texting on you know and yeah. uh, and it, yeah. and when i train i i i don't have time to for a five month injury to heal yeah. because i'm you know i only got a certain amount of time left to do my thing and yeah. I don't want a motorcycle injury to set me back. So it's just like you're you expect to have injuries riding a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not the greatest motorcycle rider on the <laughs> you know, my mind floats around. Yeah, yeah. 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 I but had with, a bike a bike but, accident. But with everybody texting it's yeah. Man, driving is a nightmare. I mean the worst crash I mess. ever had, I was only going ten miles an hour, but I hit oil and Oh. You know, I mean, it, you, you're you're just thinking. And when know, you hit the ground, you're all fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even 10 miles an hour yeah. hurts because you got yeah. that Take bite. Take your skin off, Evan. You're all yeah. fucked it's up. It's it's it may puncture your lung. You may crack your, your, your rib and it puncture your lung. Fuck that, man. It's crazy. That, that, that big bike accident I had that time when I snapped my leg in half and eight, eight places and road rash. My whole arm was ripped, ripped to shit. And, <sighs> and uh. I always remember Mike always gave me the shout out, man, when he was fighting a guy named Orlin Norris. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At and, the uh, end of it. At the end of it. And it was awesome, man. He goes, I just want to say, you know. Heal up <laughs> yeah, to my yeah. best buddy, yeah. Chuck yeah. Zito. That's Hello, awesome, my good man. friend, Chuck Zito. Get woke soon, brother. I love you. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love it, man. Well, Mike's got a huge heart, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Said, Chuck fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was home. Heal quick, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was watching the fight on TV, and it just surprised me, man. You know, when you're watching it, and the next thing you know, because there was a little controversy there. They're saying he hit him at the bell and this and that. They wanted to disqualify him, keep his praise. Fuck all that, man. I just wanted to say, look, you know, hello, my friend Chuck Zito. And I remember that, man. And it's right under there with the Mike Tyson shadow, it says. Uh, Hell yeah, dude. Anybody nice. wants to look at it, it's awesome. It's awesome, man. So I love Mike. Awesome. Go back you, a long time, man. Too. Yeah. Were you training at 12? Yes. You're in I there? was an amateur fighter when I started at 12. I had my first ring fight at the Southside Boys Club in the Rochelle. Wow. And then we had the amateur fights. You know, we would fight different towns. Different clubs. Yeah, different towns. Different there was a guy named uh. years ago, Bob Cremens. You might yeah. have heard the guy, and he was from Pelham. So he New Rochelle would fight Pelham guys, and, and we just, you know, boys clubs and, and schools and things yeah. like that. So Sweet. But I was only an amateur because I, like, I, I, I became a husband and father at 17, so I couldn't. Yeah turn pro that makes things but i tough. had you know i had uh, 40 fights and you know as an amateur and wow, lost four man. you know 36 wins and lost four it's awesome but, man and i was in the golden gloves four times so it was an experience do they yeah. still do that the boxing clubs yeah with kids? yeah absolutely yeah absolutely they still have the golden gloves in new york it's one of the biggest 
Not as you know what, Mike. Not as as much as it used to be no, because they used to really, did. really, uh, 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 you know, promote it and everything. You hardly hear about did. it anymore. You know, now years ago I had six fights before I even went to the quarterfinals. Yeah. Today they have two fights. Two They're fights fighting for the finals. finals. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's amazing. Guy will have a Man, fight. That was the dream to win the New York Golden Gloves. Oh, it was. It was. I was in it four times. I never won it. But uh, you know, I, I I tried my hardest. But uh, again, I was like almost like Mickey. I never trained, man. You know, I'm just going it. And, I eventually uh, trained. You know, I, I eventually <laughs> no, back trained. In, back in, yeah, you yeah. know, it's hard between the three of us. I mean, well, Mike, look at him. You know, undisputed, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. No doubt, man. You know, and a great teacher. Ah, uh, yes, Customer. Custom. How was Cust, Mike? <laughs> Total discipline. Yeah. Don't fuck around. Really? What kind of stuff would he have you do? Did he just run a super tight ship at the gym? Yeah, pretty much the gym, but he really uh, ran a, a psych, um, psychological mind game. Oh. What yeah. did he do? He's preparing you for a war. Yeah. Psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. He had a great teacher, Mickey, Bill Slayton. I a bunch of guys, yeah. 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 bunch of guys. And of course, my father, you know, trained me, and he was always at my fights, so he was always in my corner. What do you guys think of the state of boxing? Did you guys watch the Wilder Fury fight? No, I didn't hear about it. It was a good fight. Yeah, I was. I yeah. was there. Yeah. yeah. You, what'd you think, Mick? Well, first of all, I had like three dozen gypsies sitting next to me. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> I and, 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 and I got a taste of that world because they were fighting with all the security guards. Oh wow! Okay, then <laughs> ten minutes later they're fighting with each other. Yeah, the gypsies are wild. Okay, <laughs> one guy's screaming at his wife, "You bitch, you what?" He's back and forth, you thumbed up, whatever. And I'm sitting next to Axel Rose, and some gypsy comes over, and just sits on his lap, and I had to say, "Get off his fucking lap," you know. And uh, the fight was interesting. I, I mean, uh, you got two two guys. Six seven and six nine, whatever. People said to me, "What do you think?" I talked to Freddie, who worked a little bit with uh, with Tyson, and he, Freddie said he liked the way that that Tyson would switch up because Tyson's a he's a converted southpaw, and he said what he, his most effective punch was basically when he would switch up and he throw a straight right jab and a straight a straight left punch. But he didn't switch up a lot against Wilder because of Wilder's big looping right hand. Or sometimes he sh- Wilder would shoot it straight or he'd loop it over the top. So it was dangerous for him to turn yeah. southpaw on. So sense. you didn't see him switch up as much as you had in prior fights. Interesting. Yeah, well. Yeah. So they're saying it's a good fight and he, uh, it's immediate. Rematch. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's cool. So they're gonna fight again. It's awesome. I like Tyson Fury. He's an awesome guy. He's fun. You well, he's got him? a great name. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's you. And he's had his ups and downs out of the oh, ring. Oh man, you know? yeah. I mean, no doubt. But man. The, the respect. What I like is the respect that both fighters gave each other after At the, the end, fight. That's you know? amazing. Yeah, it wasn't all this. The smack talk. It was yeah. it was pure, genuine respect. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you know. What do you think about all the shit talking, like, with Connor or 
Floyd or I don't I don't have the temperament to stand there and listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So I would prefer not to say anything to anybody. Just remain quiet. But it's really hard when somebody's three inches away, talking shit, talking smack, and pushing. That's part you. of the game too, though. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the game too. You yeah. gotta deal with those kind of guys too. It depends on how you do. See, Connor does it so good. Yeah. Yeah, I would lose it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I get it, man. That would uh, piss me off, like the Khabib encounter fight. I mean, fuck. Oh my god, that was fun. Huh? I was there for that for that brawl. That was I was nuts. right there for that. Well, that's why I like seeing the fight with uh, Mike and uh, that big dude from the street. He had a problem with. Oh, Mitch Green. Mitch Green. <laughs> what? Mitch Green. Mitch Green. Mitch Green. With the Mitch Green. Mitch Blood, yeah. Mitch Blood Green. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't yeah, wait yeah, yeah. to see that the fight. Game, yeah. their, their last yeah, fight was yeah. at Dapper Dan's yeah. up in Harlem. Yeah. Oh, my luck? I'm going to see this guy. Like, oh, man, I'm drunk. I've been drinking and then I'm see this guy. Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, shit. What happened, Mike? Uh, oh, he is talking too much and talking. Hey, he's a big talking. dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I just couldn't take it. I've been drinking earlier. You know when you drink, you can't take it. Like, Shut up! <laughs> 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 he got knocked out of Dapper Dance. <laughs> Leave me alone! Yeah. Cold-blooded. Yeah. But that was the fight I was looking forward to seeing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mickey, what are you up to these days, man? We need to get Mickey the toad. I'm just looking for a supermodel, baby. Hey, man. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, I got, I'm working with some right now with a very young director that I really that I just did a film with, and uh, we want to make a film with integrity. We're, we're not looking to make like an action, mindless blockbuster superhero no, movie. No, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested yeah. in all in that. No, that's not what I studied so hard. You know, for sure, to be the actor I am to do that kind of shit um um i don't like buddy that much to to have do that to do that to make that much money i don't i don't really give a fuck about money unless i need to pay my bills i mean there's other things to me that are more important i mean at the end of the day you can't take it with you so what you know yeah it is what it is you know we get together for dinner and there's always this other dude that comes he was like fucking 80 or something. He's, all he talks about is money and making money. And I'm thinking, motherfucker, you're going to be alive in the 10, 15 years. You <laughs> yeah. know, what do you... Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm I, totally I, with you. I call him that See, guy that's that that's talks what I'm about talking money. talking about the Bufo Everest, man. It tells you that it, it, it just teaches you that you, it's nothing. It's just a blur of energy. Yeah. The toad shows you that. Yeah. Fuck all that, man. Nothing matters. Just about spreading love and being your being your in your truth. It's awesome. <laughs> Good thing you, brother. Good to see you, well, brother. Chuck, thanks pleasure. for coming in, brother. Oh, always a pleasure, brother. Yeah, always awesome. a pleasure. Uh, Thank Mike. you, Mickey. Bringing Mickey to the house. Yeah, no doubt. Mike, another great one, man. Yeah, this is awesome. All right, guys. Awesome. Well, until next time, we're out of here. Next time, yeah, see Evan, you when I'm Mike. Mike. Good interview. See you. Thanks, yeah. brother. Thank you. Yeah, man, dude. I'll yeah. see you when I'm looking at you. <laughs> you Will you do a picture of me, Chuck, and Mike together? Yeah, Absolutely. Please.